This is the Make Money Blogging Podcast, Episode 30 with Digital Nomad Wannabe Founder, Sharon Goulet. In today's episode, I'm discussing site speed, core web vitals, and Google's page experience update. It's a topic that often comes up in the DNW community because I think it's saying that many bloggers either want to avoid or feel there is some trick that will just make it happen. When the reality is there is no magic secret and it can be a really hard slog to get good speed scores, actually. I know I spent a lot more time working on this in the last six months than I intended, and I'm still not completely there. But the upside is that you do end up with with a much better site because of it. So in today's episode, I'm discussing site speed and passing Core Web Vitals, why it's necessary and information about what I've done to get much better scores and what you can do too. This episode is for anyone who wants to improve site speed or get more blog traffic because it is part of that. Welcome to the Make Money Blogging Podcast with Digital Nomad Wannabe. Each week on this show, you'll find actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income from your blog with no fluff, so you can quit the day job and have more freedom to do what you love. From SEO to affiliate marketing to blogging business strategies, it's all here. Let's start with your host, digitalnomadwannabe.com founder, Sharon Gourlay. So today we're talking about site speed, but first a bit of an update. You know, it's been more than four months since I've recorded my last podcast and it feels like a lot has changed. It's been definitely a very long four months here in Melbourne, Australia. For a start, it was quite fortuitous that I cut back on this podcast and Digital Nomad Wannabe because since then we've been in lockdown most of the time here in Melbourne and we're currently in lockdown until most people are double vaccinated. So I would have had to cut back no matter what and at least this way I did it in an organised way and on my own terms. So it did feel a lot better. I'm also in my own form of extreme lockdown after breaking my uncle badly at the start of August. It's thankfully healed now, but I'm still learning how to walk again. I'm doing physio. I'm not, you know, I'm not, not actually really walking any better than I did a week ago when I was still in the cast, um, although I'm at least able to start putting weight back on it now. It's really been a very tough time for me and our fa- my family. When I broke my knee a few years ago, it actually, like, I look back and it seems like glory days now because this ankle has just been so much worse. I I got a three out of three rating for it, which is meant to be the worst because I broke it in three different places. Uh, You know, it required surgery. It was all malformed. So I had to get an ambulance to the hospital when I did it. And like, just the amount of pain is just really not comparable to my previous experience. Um, So it's been really tough, especially because this time I have struggled to even work much until the last couple of weeks, you know, whereas that was something that got me through with my knee. I was actually really productive with work and that helped me feel a lot better mentally. Um, But this time it's just been a real big exercise in how to keep calm, you know, with like lots of pain, lots of just my brain not working properly and just being useless while I watch my family really struggle, you know, with lockdowns, we can't really get much assistance. Um, and, and it's, it's just been a really tough time. The only upside has been that the kids have been allowed to go back to school, which normally they wouldn't be, but because my husband is considered an essential worker and I can't walk, (laughs) they agreed to take them back. So that has helped a little. And so I really am trying to get a bit of work done while I can, because once I'm back on my feet, which is probably still going to be a few weeks away, or be at home all together all the time again. And, and that will be um, its own form of trickiness, although I do look forward to it. it. can only be better than dealing with a broken ankle. So it has been hard to work. I, I do try to do a couple of hours a day. Um, you know, it's good to have something that I'm doing other than lying there watching press conferences about coronavirus. That's not so good for my mental state. 
but yeah, it's not, it's not been that easy to focus. Um, my eye has been giving me more problems again as well. So, I mean, that's been great. My kids have actually been joking that I should just become a pirate, you know, with like a patch on one eye and a wooden leg. Um, cause that's kind of where I've been at, which, you know, is fun to laugh about, but not, not so fun to live. But I am really happy that I have some time today to record this podcast again because I have missed it. You know, I do like talking to you all. I like teaching and I'm excited to be back here talking to you about sight speed. And I'm also about to let a few more students into the fast track as well. Why I do get a little bit more time. I'm hoping to while uh, get a little bit more school, but enough about me, you know, let's talk about sight speed. The reason why you're listening to me right now. Now while having a fast sight has definitely always been important. You know, there's many stats out there that, you know, X percentage of people will leave your site if it doesn't load within, you know, a split second or something. It did become more important this year with Google putting an emphasis on it with their page experience update, which has taken place. But I mean, you can keep expecting it to be part of the algorithm ongoing and to keep playing a part. What's really interesting about this is that they're using real world data to to work out your site speed. So you're just trying to do little tricks to try and get better scores in like things like PageSpeed Insights isn't going to help you because um, if users coming to your site aren't experiencing fast load times, it's not going to help you with the Google algorithm. So it's really important that your site fundamentally runs a lot better than perhaps it did in the past. Now, there's something called Core Web Vitals, which is basically, it's like a menu option inside Google Search Console. You can see it on the left-hand side. And that's where you can see how your site is tracking for their different measurements. So they have a few different measurements that they track you on. And then you overall get like If you're not getting green for everything, you can get orange or red. And obviously, if you're not green, it's not so good. What is a bit trickier is if you don't get much traffic to your site or maybe for some reason your site gets tons of mobile but not desktop, you won't get all these measurements in there. So newer sites are ones with low levels of traffic. I don't know where the level is. I mean, looking at my own sites, it's like some of them seem to show at about 5,000 page views and some don't. It's more like 10,000, but somewhere in there to get to get these started coming up. Or you may find you just see it for mobile or just for desktop, depending on what your traffic is like in those different places. So if you're not seeing it in there yet, you will see it as you get more traffic and, you know, it's a little bit annoying. You can use PageSpeed Insights to give you give yourself a bit of an idea. And I'll talk soon about how you can use PageSpeed Insights. But overall today, we're going to talk about what we can do to get Core Web Vitals all green. Now, don't forget, you can find today's show notes at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 30. I'll be linking to everything I talk about today and I'll have some more resources in there for you. And if you enjoy today's show, make sure you subscribe to the Make Money Blogging Podcast and leave a review. Now, this episode is sponsored by Build Blog Freedom Fast Track, my 10-week program that shows you the 20% of blogging you need to do to get 80% of the results step-by-step. In this course, you can learn exactly how to use SEO to get traffic and then to monetize that traffic with affiliates. Signing up to this course also gives you free access to an additional course of mine, how to start a money-making blog, which will step you through exactly what you can do to start your next blog, including tests to make sure you pick the right niche. I've also recently updated this course with all my recommendations for passing Core Web Vitals, so it does cover everything I'm talking about today in more detail. So while I'm about to open this course again for just 20 students at the time that I'm recording this, I'm not sure when it will open up again after this. You can sign up to be notified though at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash BBF. That will take you to the page. You can sign up to be notified when I next open if you're interested in the course and it's not open at the time that you're listening to this. So let's get started. I'm going to talk about why you should care about site speed before getting into how. So why should you care about site speed? Well, firstly, because people leave sites that aren't fast and the stats can be a little bit scary on how quickly people can give up on content that's not loading properly. So there is 
really strong fundamental reasons why you should want your site to load fast. If you want people to get to your site, to stay on your site, keep looking around and to enjoy their experience on your site, like we all should, then site speed is important. Now, like I talked about, Google factors it into their ranking and like they have for a long time, right? That's not actually new. They've talked about it as though it has an increased emphasis with the page experience update. I mean, exactly how much, who knows? You know, I would love to hear from you if you feel like that update impacted you negatively or positively, you know, go to the the show notes at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 30 and, you know, write a comment and let me know because it would be interesting to, to hear how people in the DNW community found that update. Personally, I didn't really find that it had much of an impact, but it was hard to judge because it rolled out over a period of months. Um, so I don't really know. Plus, I had done a lot of work on my speed scores. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to know what happened really. Uh, and I would love to hear your experiences. But better page experience is always going to be better. So, you know, why wouldn't you want it? Now, Core Vitals is in Search Console, like I mentioned before. And this is where you can check your measurements and see how you are going, assuming you have enough traffic for it to show your measurements. But you will find the option regardless. So you can go see where it is. There's also a page experience option. And this will just show you where you have problems. Uh, it's not that helpful for fixing them, but it will tell you what. Uh, what Google has not a problem with for your site, um, you know, whether it ranks you as green, orange, red, where green is the best and the only one that really means passing, orange is not as bad as red and, and red means, you know, work on it badly. <laughs> um, and it will tell you that for like different measurements that it has. Now, it is really hard to pass everything. I'm going to say that. I, I spent a lot of time on this and some of my sites are passing everything and some now pass everything except for LCP, it's called, just for desktop. Um, and I'm just having to learn to live with that because I just I just can't spend enough a minute on it. I'm going to drive myself crazy. And I feel like I've done everything I can realistically. So I do think passing mobile is no doubt more important than desktop. You know, Google always talks about mobile first indexing. And I think on your mobile, you know, page experience just can matter that little bit more and you're a bit more forgiving when you're looking at a site on your desktop. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty damn happy with those results. I will just say in that as a caveat, in case you go look at Digital Nomad Wannabe in PageSpeed Insights and think I'm talking a load of crap. Yeah, I, I have not worked on it for Digital Nomad Wannabe. It's just this big beast that I just haven't found the energy to, to go after yet. And because I, I don't really rely on search traffic for that site, it was a low priority for me. My problem on Digital Nomad Wannabe mainly is that I've used this theme where it has a lot of short codes throughout the pages. So to change themes, it's just going to take me weeks and I just I have to change every post. Um, I'll start my VA on it sometime soon and just do it gradually. But yeah, it just, it, because it was going to take so much longer than any of my other sites, it kind of, and I wasn't focused on it, it, it went down at the bottom. If you want to see how I'm going on other sites, you can look at other sites that, you, that I own, like my Malaysia site or the other sites I've done in case studies. And, and you'll be able to see that they're passing um, apart from perhaps LCP on desktop. So it'll give you an idea of what's possible. So once you know where you're at, it's time to obviously start fixing it. Now, Google PageSpeed Insights is quite invaluable for this. So in that tool, it'll tell you the scores you're getting in lab data and it will show ones that it's recorded for your site as well. So you can look at that as you try and improve. Um, basically, you enter a URL for your site. Now, don't just look at your homepage for this. You definitely want to look at different URLs across your site and see how you're going. Usually people's homepage is a bit different to like a normal post. So, you know, while I definitely would look at your homepage, you do also want to look at like 
what is a typical post on your site as well. So in PageSpeed Insights, when you put it in there, you can see how you're tracking it at the moment. You can see their lab data ranking. Um, now, their lab data is kind of like a best case scenario rating that they give you that they're just testing on the fly. It's a bit different than Core Web Vitals, you know, which is real user data. It's more likely to be problematic than their lab data, but still, while you're working on it, it's a good insight, right? And you definitely want to be trying to pass in their lab data. More useful is that it also gives you a lot of reasons and problems that your site has, like warnings and, and issues with your site speed. What can be a bit useful with this too is, say, if you're struggling with LCP or one of the other things in particular for passing Core Web Vitals, you can actually select this and it will just show you all the warnings that relate to why you aren't passing that one. Now, sometimes they're super helpful and you can kind of work out what to do to fix it straight away. Often it's less helpful and it's really tricky. And I know I have had to Google so many different things in there and try and work out what they mean and then really not really understood still. So it definitely, you know, it is a hard slog. Basically, where I started having more success though was when I stopped worrying about those warnings in there that I didn't understand and that I started just trying to improve the site as a whole instead of being too focused on a couple of warnings. And that's what I really recommend you do. Okay, so that's what I'm going to talk about now. There's some things you can do and it is what I did, right? They, they're not quick and easy fixes. Well, in saying that, they can be if you haven't used many plugins and you used a good theme, but most of us, they're not quick and easy. Every site is different and it can get really technical. So I can't just sit here and tell you exactly what will work for your site and what to do. But honestly, if you just get stuck in and just remove like you know like for a long time I just did not want to change my themes I decided they weren't really the problem and I just had to get over it you know you just got to get over this stuff and just do it um, as long as you haven't got like a page builder on used on every page or short codes changing themes was actually like pretty painless I got to the point where I can do it in less than a day for most of my sites so you know it, it can be not as bad as you think but first of all I'm going to talk about caching a caching is really important. And if you don't have caching on your site or you're not sure if you do, you need to get onto this. It's like storing a version of your website. Like if you use Cloudflare, it can be stored on their servers around the world. And it just means people can load a lot quicker. It's not going and recreating your pages in WordPress every time. So it can make a really big difference, Cloudflare, and it can be pretty quick and easy to get set up to if you know what you're doing. So personally, I do use Cloudflare. I use the free accounts and I use Azoic, which makes a really big difference. In fact, I started joining more of my sites to Azoic, like usually, so it's the advertising network if you're not aware of them. Usually I don't bother putting ads on a site till it hits a certain page view level because I know it's not really going to make much money and I, yeah, it just doesn't seem worth the effort. But with this, when I was working on site speed, it was a really big incentive to just add more sites to my Azoic account. Um, and you can add sites with any page view level now. So I could use their speed tools. They really did make a really big difference and my sites are much faster with ads on them and using Azoic than what they are without if you're worried about site speed with ads. So that was a really quick and easy way to do their caching and, and you can sign up there for someone to set it up for you. But even just using their default in there is pretty good. Now, if you don't want to do this, you can outsource someone setting it up for you if you don't feel very technically minded. Uh, there's also a lot of WordPress plugins that can help. Again, to really optimize them right, you need someone who knows what they're doing somewhat. Um, if you're using something like the Azoic Speed tools, you're not meant to use the WordPress plugin, so that cuts out a lot of effort too. But if you're trying to do it all yourself, definitely there's some free WordPress plugins out there that can help you. Just be careful about overdoing it because it's like there's a lot of 
plugins that help with caching and, and site speed. And it's like there's no like master plugin that just seems to do absolutely everything. So you can get sucked into having quite a few of them and then they can clash with, with each other and actually make your speed worse. Or a lot of the image optimization ones that I've tried have been really problematic for speed. So like it's like, okay, great. So you help my image size and all of that. Then you cause such a speed impact on my site that you weren't really worth it in the first place. So you do just have to be a little bit careful. So after you've sorted out caching, because that's what I would do first, because it really shouldn't take that much time and it's a lot less scary than playing with your theme. Um, next up is theme. Now, the first thing you definitely want to do is if you have a theme with a page builder, you really want to think about getting rid of it. These tend to be the slowest themes. So even themes like Generate Press, um, which I use on a couple of sites, and I am passing web vitals with that. I, a lot of people use a page builder with Generate Press. So you might think, oh, I use Generate Press. I've heard that's really good for speed. It's okay. But then you use a page builder and then it's not, right? I've not heard of a page builder that is good for speed. So I'd really try and avoid it. And the reality is too, if you move on to Gutenberg, the new version of WordPress, if you haven't done that yet, um, it's like I only did as part of this exercise of improving my site speed. Gutenberg is really good. Like you can do pretty much whatever in there anyway. And I feel like if you're using that, there is little need to use a page builder. I think you just got to get your head around using the inbuilt one in WordPress instead um, and really just try and get off those page builders. But even most themes are not going to be that great for speed. Be careful if you get a new theme for speed that you don't do things like add a page builder or do, you know, add extra blocks to the theme that then deteriorate your speed. It's like really easy to just go get an ultra fast theme, but then you just ruin it by by putting some extras in there. I personally have just been moving to the default 2021 WordPress theme and I've been really happy with the results. I think the sites look great. Uh, it's not quite as nice as say like my Malaysia site was on Divi. It's not quite as nice as it looked on Divi, but it's actually pretty close. It's a free theme. And I really think the best part about using the default theme is ongoing. It's just going to make my life so much easier because it's just so much less likely to ever have any conflicts with plugins or anything else. You know, as soon as you have a problem with any plugin, what is the the thing that they tell you to do? You know, they'll tell you to disable your other plug you disable your other plugins or a problem with your site. They'll tell you to disable your plugins and go back to the WordPress default theme and see if the problem's still there, slowly bring things back. If you're using the default theme, you just got rid of a whole lot of problems right there. Um, it's free. I'm I just found I could customize it however I wanted, especially using a free plugin called 20 plugin. I will put a link in the show notes to how you can set that up. I actually copied advice on the Azoic blog, but this has nothing to do with being an Azoic member. Anyone can go follow their advice for setting up this theme and plugin. And um, I found it works really well. So I do recommend that. Now, the next step is plugins. So um, in some ways, I think for some people, this can be harder than theme because it does mean getting super duper brutal. Hey, I got rid of so many plugins and it just feels really good actually. And again, the less plugins you have, the less problems you're going to have with your site ongoing. So that's an extra plus. So really think about what you need. Like I got rid of contact plugins. Okay, so the, the, my contact page now is just an email address. I don't have any extra spam email. It's not made any difference to anything except for I've improved my site speed a bit. You know, I was using contact form seven, which isn't the best for speed. Because what can be a problem with a lot of these plugins is that what you don't realize even though you can think, oh, I just use it on one page, who cares if my contact page is a bit slower, the plugin actually loads a whole lot of stuff on every page in your site. So it slows down everything. So really just think it through. Pretty much any plugin I've come across about social, anything to do with social media seems evil. So I pretty much don't have any. I'm just trying to think. There might still be one on Digital Nomad Wannabe where I haven't worked yet, but I think I got rid of social media plugins off everything else. 
Because honestly, I'm not sure too many people share using them, for example. And I just, yeah, I just don't actually, it's like I always just put share plugins there because it's what people do. And when I analyzed it further, I didn't really see the point for me and my strategy. I also did things like uh, plugins I would use to have follow buttons, you know, the ones that say follow me on Facebook or whatever. I actually just wrote it in HTML myself and stuck it in a widget on the sidebar. Now, it doesn't look quite as good but it improved my speed. You know, all these things make a difference. It's one less plugin that could cause issues. To write that HTML, even though, like like I said, maybe it doesn't look the best, but it, I didn't even really need to write that HTML. You could just go in a post, add images. You know, I, I found the, the images for Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, that you're allowed to use for free on your site. Those icons, I uploaded them to the site and then I just had to add them to a post, right? Put links on them to my pages. And then from the post, I could copy and paste that HTML into a widget. And there you go, I got rid of a plugin. So try and think outside the box and do what you can to just get rid of rid of plugins. I also got rid of comments on most of my sites. Um, so it's another improvement. And all these things sort of have a knock-on effect. You know, you get rid of your comments, you get rid of your contact forms. I didn't need a GDPR plugin because I wasn't capturing people's details. So that was another thing I could get rid of. You know, just really go through every plugin, really analyze if you need it. I don't know. I'm, I'm someone who loves like, clearing out rubbish and crap and just things in my house. I just hate having things around. And it feels really good to me when I get rid of it. And that's what it felt like when I did this. It was like this big spring clean that just felt really awesome, actually. Once I did it the first time and and, and got over like, little holdups in my head, it was, it was good. And I really recommend you do it too. You know, if you do all these things, if you get the caching, you get a new theme, you get rid of plugins, it can really make a big difference pretty quickly. Now, I'm also you bought a paid plugin called Perf Matters. It's kind of an unfortunate name. It kind of sounds like Perf, but it's Perf, like performance, P-E-R-F Matters, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And this is a useful plugin because it allow, it does a lot of speed optimization stuff and it also allows you to turn scripts off at a page level. So it means any plugins or themes that you're still using um, they often might load like JavaScript or CSS or other things um, that they don't actually need to operate. So you can actually turn these off. It also means things like if you still want to keep your contact plugin, for example, and you only need it on your contact page, you can use this plugin so it just loads on your contact page. So that can help as well. So especially if you're still using plugins that aren't really, you know, that awesome for speed and they don't need to be on every page, you can use this to make sure you're only, you know, hurting your speed on those pages. So I find it really useful, like I still use a table of contents plugin, even though that is a little bit evil um, speed-wise. So I can at least use that plugin to only load it on pages with posts since I never show it on pages. Yeah, on blog posts, not the pages. So that can be useful. Another thing I did, which is not just about Perf Matters, but just switching to Gutenberg allowed me to get rid of using a table plugin. I just use the default table now in Gutenberg along with a little bit of CSS I added. Um, to make that more responsive and look a bit better, which um, for people in the fast track, all that CSS is included in there, so you can go copy that. But, yeah, lots of things you can do just to try and make it a bit better. Now, the final thing I did, which, and I really did this from the beginning, which won't apply to everyone, but if you're in a Zoic or you're thinking about joining a Zoic, you'll get access to what's called a Zoic Leap. So I already talked a bit about the caching. But it also has a lot of other useful tools to help you analyse what's going on. Um, with your site speed. What I found useful was things like you can go look at where your problem areas are. So like for me, you know, LCP on desktop is a problem area. I can go see what the worst posts are with that problem and then I can go analyse them further to just 
help me get a grip on what is actually going on. What I really love in Leap is it also gives you a list of all the technologies which are causing problems. So plugins and themes, it'll tell you which ones are causing problems. So, you know, when I first started this, I had a couple of pages of problems. Now I have just a few problems, which I decided to keep like my table of contents plugin. There's some other plugin that I just couldn't get rid of. That comes up too, which I've forgotten, Um, but it did help me work out what to get rid of and it has suggestions for other plugins. So if you have a plugin that's a problem, you can click on a link and hopefully there is a plugin that does the same thing that you could use instead. Now, there's not always, like some things just seem kind of (laughs) evil and there doesn't seem to be a plugin out there that you can do without it hurting your speed, Uh, but it is useful when you find something. So when I did all of this, it did get me to pretty much passing Core Web Vitals and everything with a few caveats like I told you before. Now, I'm not going to lie and say it's ultra easy, um, but it would have been a lot easier for me if I had just done it. (laughs) Instead of mucking around, instead of just going around the edges and trying to avoid things like theme changes, I just done it. So I really recommend you just get in there if you haven't yet and just get it done. So to recap, site speed is increasingly important in SEO and you can use Core Web Vital Measurements in Search Console to see how you're going. There is no magic button to press. You are going to have to put in a bit of effort. You're going to have to consider theme and plugin changes. You need great caching and you should use any tools available to you like a Zoic Leap. I'm sure there's other ones out there. I believe Mediavine has some type of speed tool, site speed tool too. And I'm sure there's other platforms you might be associated with that can help you with speed as well. Consider outsourcing things like caching if you aren't tech oriented and not on a platform like a Zoic, you know, like if you need help like caching is maybe the bit to get it because I hear a lot of people in the Facebook group wanting help overall on their site to improve. I recommend before you get to that step, you do work on your theme and your plugins yourself. No one, no one can perform total magic, right? If you have the worst theme in the world, someone might be able to help you get a little bit better, but it's still going to be an issue. You're just better off just ripping off the band-aid and getting some of that stuff done yourself. Now you can find show notes for this episode at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 30 with links to everything I talk about. Now make sure you subscribe to this channel because I'm hoping to be back again very soon with an episode all about performing an annual update on your blog content. It's something we've just started doing for this year in my business and it's something we do every year around this time, although in future I do plan to move it a bit earlier in the year and in that podcast I'll talk about why. Now I look forward to chatting with you then. Thanks for listening to Make Money Blogging with Digital Nomad Wannabe. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income for your blog so you can build a blogging business you love. Don't forget to leave a review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you next episode.